McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Bobby fans and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 63. Well Pompey go on and now we're into the playoffs above Sunderland and it's time to start getting excited about the Blues if you aren't already. Joining me today on the podcast, back on again, is Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm all good mate, yourself? Mate, I'm absolutely fantastic. You can't really moan about anything now as a Pompey fan, can you? Do you know what? I was actually sort of talking to a few friends earlier about this and there's just absolutely nothing. Not not one thing I can pick a bone in at the moment. It's just been solid and Saturday just proved that really against a team that, you know, it should have been maybe a tighter game and we just completely outplayed them. So, yeah. No, completely. And we're about to come on to that, Matt. So the first thing we're going to do is review the Sunderland game. Following that, we put a question out to you guys and there's been an absolutely massive response from everyone. Uh, cheers again for messaging in. Really appreciate it, guys. It makes the show. And we asked you, which Pompey players... Do you want to re-sign in the summer? So, which players are out of contract? And following that, we're going to go on and preview the game at the weekend against Tranmere, and then go on and preview Tuesday's game against the mighty Coventry. Right, Matt, Sunderland, let's get into it. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, before the game, Kenny Jackett spoke about the fans being behind the players and the players you know, reacting to that on the pitch. It was one of those games, wasn't it, where it could have been tight, but Pompey gave a really professional performance. Yeah, no, totally. And and that's, for me, you know, the cry to, to get the fans behind them. Ultimately, you need to put a performance on to get that kind of support. And, you know, they did that from the start, to be honest with you. It was, well, I mean, all right. I know Sunderland had a pretty good first half. You know, they were sort of unlucky with that effort that hit the post. But... Still, ultimately, and I'm sure we'll go through it in a minute, stat-wise, we just completely played them off the park, you know, and and that's, you know, what everyone's been looking for, you know, pinned them in and, and pressed high, won the ball and just didn't let them play their style of football and, you know, that that's always going to get a response. So, yeah, I think it was a great atmosphere and they, they fully deserved that. No, massively, and I thought when, when the game started, you know, Sunderland came out a little bit at us, but... What was the most important and the key factor which we highlighted in the last episode was to Pompey to do what they did against Barnsley, get on the front foot at home, get that high press going, put Sunderland under pressure. And that's exactly what they did after that sort of slightly slow start to the game. And obviously the first goal really changed things around. It did. And and the thing is, you know, I, I've said to you a few times this season, I mean, in particular, like a, a sort of occasion sticks out was Peterborough. You know, we came back out. That sort of end of that 20 minutes of that first half, we, we pinned them in, dominated them. 
And it was like we sort of got the goal, got the goal in the second half to go two and up, and we just took our foot off the gas and just didn't continue that. And I said to you, you know, this needs to be 90 minutes of this, not not just sort of like half an hour a game. You know, it needs to be full on. And they're starting to do that now. And and that's like two dominant performances at home against two really, you know, decent sides. And you'd say, really, realistically on paper, Sunderland are a championship side or expected to be a championship side. You know, so in that sense, to to pin them in and, you know, sort of play that kind of football for 90 minutes and not give them any opportunities really in the game, you know, other than a long distance effort that came back off the post, other than that, really, they were really limited. So, yeah, I'm really, really, really impressed with the, the way we're playing at the moment. No, I completely agree about the playing the 90 minutes because as Pompey fans, we have been subjected, shall we say, yeah. to that feeling of, you know, we go a goal up, we go two goals up. And then suddenly we sit back into that horrible deep formation that absolutely nobody wants to wants to see, basically. Yeah. And that that torture has sort of come to an end at the moment. So the same against Barnsley, yeah. we went on, we killed the game. You know, I was never at worry there in the back of the fratten end that we were going to go and throw that away. No. And exactly the same against Sunderland. You know, they bought some players on at half time. You know, they tried taking Wyke off, etc. But it didn't really work, did it? And, you know, Pompey had an answer for it. And that constant pressure, the high press, um, led by Andy Cannon, who I think was yeah. absolutely superb again in number 10. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about Andy Cannon playing 10 and, you know, how did he affect the game? Well, it's, I mean, it speaks for itself, really. The, the performances over the last few weeks that he's put in, you know, it's, it's ultimately probably one of the, the, you know, sort of few reasons that we've had such an upturn in form. You know, he wins that ball back. He, he sometimes, you know, often actually during the Sunderland game, he, he was digging crosses out from nowhere, you know, not even expecting to get the ball across because he had players around him and he still manages to do that. And he's just such a busy player. And I think, you know, for the style of play that we're, we've been talking about and the style of play that everybody wants to see, you need that player that's going to nip and bite and get the ball back and drive the team forward and contribute to to the defensive side of, of the attacking game if that makes any sense really yeah must you be. know you need someone who's going to go and, and get that momentum and bring the team on and push the team forward and Cannon does that for me and, and he's fully deserved in, in earning his place back in the team and hopefully it will stay that way now because you know as I said look at the performances since he's come into to the team and been a permanent fixture in that no, completely. I think when you look at the stats as well, Andy Cannon had three key successful dribbles, which leads the team actually in the game by beating players. So not only is he beating players, not only is he tracking back, but he's also finding those key passes through, isn't he, to the strikers and to, to you know the likes of Ronan Curtis and Ryan Williams, he played on the right. Yeah, I mean, there was a few occasions where he threaded a nice ball through on Saturday and you know, Seddon, we, we picked up on a pass that he made. Oh, in that, that, game that was well. a real nice pass, mate. Yeah, through to Curtis on the diagonal, you know. And th- this is the sort of, you know, push that we need and the sort of positivity that we need in the team. And I just feel as a as an individual, he, he brings a lot of that on. I think he, he encourages players to, you know, push on and, and make those passes and be more positive. And I think, as I said, all round as a team, we're, we're by far the more positive team out in, in the last two games. We From start, really, to, to finish, we've, we've done that. And, you know, he's a big credit to that. No, massively. I think um, when we look at, look at let's look at the first goal quickly. Yeah. You know, Ronan Curtis takes that free kick on the left hand side. He swings the ball in. You know, Sunderland will be absolutely kicking themselves for not picking up Christian Burgess, who once again, Burge, funded my night out. Thank you very much. <laughs> Three pounds on, fifty-seven quid back, scoring any time. 
I know there's a few of you out there who've been listening who also joined in on that. So let's have a little clap for ourselves for our little celebration. <laughs> but anyway, moving on, it was a good header, wasn't it? And a great yeah. ball again from Curtis. Yeah, I mean, it, it it almost sort of sings a lot with Curtis at the moment. The way he's he's putting balls in is such pace and accuracy on them at the moment. And really, you know, you look at Burgess' goal, he didn't really have to do too much other than direct it on target. And, you know, with the pace that that came in at, it was always going to beat the goalkeeper. You know, his similarity was, you know, Wimbledon for Marquise when he, he put that cross in. You know, gained so much velocity and accuracy. And, you know, it, it, it's funny, isn't it, with Curtis? At the start of the season, he was, wasn't even beating first man often on occasion. And now he's, you know, popping in balls all over the place. And I don't know whether that's anything to, to do with Seddon as well coming into the team. And, you know, that left side's just been dominant. Um, I was reading a, a sort of little point that someone made earlier in the week, you know, regarding the, that left side being so busy now as well. And, you know, <clears throat> it's come from that side again, isn't it? You know, and, and it's come from Curtis. And, you know, I just I just think there's so much more creativity now in the team, yeah. you know, and, and when you've got someone who can, you know, we, we sort of discussed earlier in the season about how Curtis really was a one-trick pony coming in on the inside and trying to deliver that ball almost all the time for about 90 minutes. But he's sort of minimalised that now. He's using his left foot for crossing, but he's, you know, for, for set-piece plays, it, it's almost perfection every time at the moment. So, yeah, all round, really, it was it was a good goal. And, you know, I'm quite happy that uh, Burge was left unmarked by the, the Sunderland defence. Yeah, and he had obviously scoring on his 200th appearance as well. Um, which is, I mean, it's just a dream for him as well. I know he said in an interview before the game that he was, he celebrated his 100th appearance for the club and he didn't, you know, expect necessarily to make 200 appearances, which is an absolutely outstanding achievement for any player to have. And, and it's great for Christian Burgess. Um, yeah, moving on, let's go, to, let's go to the second half. Kenny Jackett made a substitution. John Marquis struggled a bit in the first half. He had a shot that, you know, had a bit of pace, a bit of venom, but you know arguably should have been on target yeah. from watching the game though it, i wouldn't say it was it was john marcus's fault that he wasn't wasn't that effective in the first half yeah. the ball was put up very long it was over andy cannon's head so he didn't get much of the ball to then create some some stuff for curtis and up front for john marcus so he was sort of chasing the ball around a lot but kenny jackett looked at that and thought okay let's bring ellis harris on at half time a you know, bit of a brave move, which which worked out well because Ellis Harrison came out, started the first half on the front foot, and Sutherland defence didn't know what to do with him. No, and you know he, he was unlucky, wasn't he, with that header from close range? You know, as I said to you, the their keeper he, he sort of kept that scoreline down to to a minimum. Really, it could have been a lot more, but he was busy in the box. You know, he was creating havoc as usual. And it, and it goes, as you said, you know, they, they, defensively from, from set plays and crosses, they were just so weak in the air and bringing Harrison on just makes common sense when a game's like that, you know, and it, and it made it more effective because second half we were by far the better team. So great, great tactical change again, you know, and it's not it's something that for not even just this season, but last season it was, you know, Kenny was making such wrong decisions in terms of substitutions, but at the moment he seems to be getting it right and, and you know, you've got to give him credit for that. But Harrison is someone I, I feel comfortable bringing on. I feel like he, he brings something different to the game. He's making defenders think all the time. And as we've always said, and, and from sort of day one when we signed him, you know, he's not just all about winning the ball in the air. He's got that pace to get in behind. He's got all different types of finishes to him. So, yeah, you know, I think it was a really, you know, clever tactical move from Kenny. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, obviously Harrison, I think he did help bring players into, into play as well, as well as having that goal threat on the shoulder, as, as you were talking about. He also had a shot just around the edge of the box that the keeper just sort of parried almost yeah. with his legs, didn't he? And it could have got it absolutely anywhere, but, you know, bounced off. James Bolton gets a goal. Second for the club, I believe. Yeah, I think it is his second. Yeah. yeah, again from a corner. I think the other one he got was from a corner yeah, as well. Yeah, was wasn't it? He yeah. actually does really well in the box to lose his man and gets goal side of him. Again, Phil Parkinson will be crying into a pillow about that one because awful defending. Yeah. Again, a great ball from Curtis and James Bolton does does what he needs to do, really, and gets in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, when, when you look at the, at the back of the goal, it was actually a really clever run from Bolton, actually. He sort of like looped his run back around the back of defenders and sort of just come into that gap really you know and, and that's good I mean for, for someone who often scared to cross the halfway line you know to have that ability to to lose I would say probably looking back at it about three or four defenders you know in in that run that he's made you know and all right defensively it probably doesn't look good from their end but but for Bolton yeah it's a great run and, and easy finish for him really yeah, I mean, the Sunderland fans, we're joking around um, in our Pompey News Now chat after the game. We're saying that maybe per fan, they're the quietest fans to visit Fratton Park. Yeah. Which is which is always fun to find a little stat out there from, from our perspective. Um, also, the Sunderland fans weren't too happy at the end of the game and uh, they tried to launch a assault weapon into the north stand of her. <laughs> Well, you know, it's tip for tap with them, isn't it? Really, like it, like it was all last season, and then they've obviously uh, decided to retaliate from our smoke, smoke <laughs> bomb back with another one. You know, obviously, clearly they had, their accuracy isn't quite as good as ours because it didn't even make it into the north stand. So poor throw, poor throw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, was it, was it McLaughlin? <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously we were happy that no one was seriously hurt. But yeah. um, and obviously, who was it went off injured for them? Uh, Joel Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, we're all, we you know, applaud him off the pitch, which is the right thing to do. We certainly don't want another Cameron McGeehan situation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that he went home in an ambulance, etc. But he is okay, not nowhere as near as bad as they expected, which is good to see. Yeah. Although I did see that he clattered Ruggett into the post just before that. He did. Or in, yeah. Or in the game. Yeah, he pushed him straight into the post from behind. You know, but there's, there's a lot of controversy to, to it, wasn't there? Because Parkinson came out and blamed it on Harrison and said that, you know, he was a filthy, you know, push in the back. And, you know, you, you just keep looking at it and looking at it and looking at it every time you sort of see something about it. And it's just, he's nowhere near him. Or he's, you know, behind him, but he's, he's nowhere near in terms of, of influencing that, that choice. I mean, McLaughlin really has just erratically come flying out and battered him. You know, and and that that happens in football, but I think it was a bit of clutching at straws, really, from from Parkinson and the whole Sunderland setup, really, to to be saying that that was something that we we did and caused, because obviously, you know, everyone's seen it back, everyone who was at the game saw it. it. It just wasn't the case at all, really, to be honest with you. No, not at all. And they tried to claim for a penalty as well um, on the Alex Bass when he comes out. He goes down and collects the ball absolutely cleanly. Yeah. I've never, you know, I, I look at that, and even if I had. You know, red and white glasses on. I can't see how you can try and pretend that's a penalty. So dry your eyes, Phil Parkinson, and, and try and get your team moved on to, to the next game. Yeah. And Matt, I was just going to say, before we go on, um, Sunderland, obviously now behind us in the league. Is it a big blow to their morale losing to us or they just dust themselves off and move on? 
I mean, if you're a Sunderland fan, you're, you're hoping that you, you just sort of take that as a a loss against a rival, and you, and you try and hope that your team just moves on and, and carries on pushing, you know, with the league being so open this season. But I think realistically, you know, it is a, a bit of a, an upper boost for us on them a little bit. You know, obviously, myself and, and I should think probably most Pompey fans are hoping to avoid the playoffs. But if that arises again, you know, I, I really don't think that they're going to like, you know, want to draw us at all, really, to be no. honest with you. And I think that it will probably um, be a completely different situation this time round. I think we're, we're by far the better team at the moment. I think we proved that on Saturday. So yeah, I think may, maybe not overall throughout their season it will have a big impact on them. But I think if the opportunity arises that they they sort of have to bump into us again, I think obviously you know it's a it's a big mental boost on the, for us really on them. Yeah, no, completely. And hopefully we manage to avoid them and uh, go up automatically. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, let's let's just avoid the playoffs again, really. Let's just avoid them, mate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, if we get to Wembley, though, we're usually all right. Just need to get through that first semi-final. Then we get to go to our second home and play people there. That's it. Exactly. That's yeah. what it's all about. Um, okay, let's move on. So we put the question out there to you guys. Thank you again for messaging in. Oh, wait a sec. Before I do this, I yep. um, just want to thank Ellis Hampton for doing some new graphics for us. So you guys might see on our Twitter feed or when you listen to the podcast now, you're going to see it pop up um, with some new graphics, new logo. Uh, we sort of trying to freshen things up. So Ellis... Thanks again, mate. Um, I didn't get your name right. I thought it was Harrison when I was writing this because he's stuck in my head. But there we go. Ellis, cheers, mate. All right, Matt, let's go into this. We went out to you guys and said, what players do you want Mark Catlin and the Pompey Massive to re-sign? Yeah. There's quite a few players out of contract, Matt. Let's just go through who they are first and then we'll go to uh, everyone's responses. And there are quite a few. So we'll see how many we can get through. So we've got Christian Burgess, yep. Lee Brown, yep. um, Brandon Houndstrup, Brett Pittman, Brett, yeah, Brett, and Ollie Hawkins. Ollie Hawkins, there we go. Obviously, we've got players coming to the end of their loan as well, and we'll come on to those afterwards. Matt, let's go to the first person. Angie messaging. Thanks, Angie. She says, Hi, Hugh. Love the podcast. Thanks, Angie. Much appreciated. I would like Burgess, definitely, with a new contract. Also, Hawkins and Brown. I would also love if we could get Seddon and McGeehan to stay. Well, there's quite a lot of players there to break down in that sense, um, Angie. Matt, I think the common thing from reading through a lot of these tweets is that people want Burgess to stay. Um, you know, he's what is now our number one centre-back. And yeah. he has been for a while around the club. One of the things I put out there is, do you think that players need to have championship potential in order to be re-signed? Because that's the difficult thing, isn't it? Yeah. Are you re-signing players to be in another, another season in League One? Or are you thinking, right, is that player good enough if you go up or not? I mean, I'd hope mental attitude would state that you've got to be looking at players ready for the championship. You know, we've, we're near enough, you know, on the cusp of that. And, and we certainly need to be that, you know, powerhouse really, you know, I mean, touch wood, obviously it doesn't happen and, and we do go up, but you know, if worst comes to worst, then next season we need to be another bigger powerhouse in League One again and we need to excel again this season. So regardless whether it's Championship football or League One football, we need to be preparing for the Championship. We, we you know, we're not far away from that situation. Burge for me, 100%. You know, all day long. He, you know, Ronan Curtis has signed a new contract this this week from till twenty twenty three. Matt, 
That was the next beer. Uh, I've ruined the surprise. Breaking news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but sort of off point of that really is, you know, he, he earned that contract and that's why he was given it. And, and for me, we said it earlier in the week, you know, Burge this season has not put a foot wrong all season, in my opinion. No. He's been by far the standout centre-back. You know, and ever since Jack Watmore, I'd say, was injured and he had to step back into the team last year, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a couple of rocky games when he sort of first came back into the team after, you know, Watmore got injured. But, yeah, since then, he, he, he's just been stability and, and not not once do I ever think, oh, no, not Burge, you know. I just, I'm always happy to see him in the lineup nowadays. And, you know, he, he's a steady. And, and also, if you sort of go, go through the squad... You know, he's one that's been there for a long time at the club. You know, even during the, the community work he does and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and I and I think that's so important to have someone like that around the club. You know, even if he's, you know, we we bring someone else in and and then sort of be a, a starter over Burge to have that sort of person in the club. You know, in the in a first championship season, I think it's really important. So for me, definitely 100% Burge needs to be there. And I also think with Burgess that he's got that technical ability on the ball that he can actually pass the ball quite well. Yeah. So he's not just you talk about championship potential, there's a lot of centre-backs maybe around League One that don't have the technical ability to play good football in the championship. Yeah. But I think Burge has got that ability to be a bit more calm on the ball uh, and find a pass or have his head up rather than just necessarily being a, a hoof and clear sort of defender. Agree. Yeah, if you if you look at the two current centre-backs, he's he's definitely a, that sort of ball-playing centre-back over Raggett, isn't he? Yep. So uh, Lee Morby-Bagley messages in. Thanks again, mate. He says... Burgess and Brandon as soon as possible. Like everyone else, we should secure Seddon also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of, of Houndstruck, definitely for me. I think, you know, a few even when we were playing him actually at, at right back, I, I think his performances stood out. And every time he's he's sort of come into the team over the last couple of years and had to play left back, he's been a, a good staple there. I, I think he's a great left back. He's promising, and, and what we all forget is he's actually still young, and he's still got a lot more, you know, football days to to grow and progress and, and become mm-hmm. a better player than he already is. So, for me, yeah, definitely, I, I think he's a, a a good backup Championship left back to have in the team, and and hopefully in the long run, you know, even a starter in the Championship. Do you think if you do go out and sign someone like Steve Seddon and? There's obviously challenges at that. You know, he's a Birmingham player. He's got another year left on his contract. You can see that these things, these sort of players are actually quite difficult to sign. Definitely, 100%. I think it's definitely depends on which league we're in. I think if we go up to the Championship, that's the sort of player that you can probably attract to stay at the club. Of course, and that's why it's so important. You need to go up. You, you need to, to give these players a reason to, to come and join you. And, you know, the problem is... is you have a player like Seddon at the club and then you, you don't progress with that sort of player at the club just saying, we, you know, we don't go up. He's not going to look back and, and Birmingham certainly aren't going to look backwards and say, well, yeah, you can League One team can snap him up and, you know, enjoy enjoy having him, especially with the performances he's put in so far. You know, they're going to want him back and they're going to want to try and keep hold of him. So we need to give him a reason not to. Completely. Uh, Birmingham also are in a lot of financial shit at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. So they've got problems with um, not meeting financial fair play guidelines, having to sell players off effectively to make back the money they spent. Yeah. So there might be more of an opportunity to buy a player from Birmingham, say, than another championship club. Oh, I agree fully. Yeah, there's a lot of of reason to to get him, you know, and and for us to be able to put in an offer and and discuss personal terms with him that we'd encourage him to come to the club, especially seeing that he's had a taste of that. 
But I just think as well at the same time, you know, we need to give him that reason. And that's why it's so important that we use the standard of, of having a player like him at the club to get promoted and get out of that league. Callum Thompson messages in and uh, thanks Callum as always mate long time listener and he says we need to set him on a perm as well and he's also sent us a really funny picture which we'll tweet out I'll retweet it on the Pompey News now uh, PO forecast account and it's a, a picture of a dude with a perm and Steve Seddon just um, dribbling the ball across that <laughs> love that mate cheers for that <laughs> ah, Liam messages in he goes Burgess needs to be given a new contract he's our number one choice centre back for the season even if we get to the championship and bring in another defender, I feel Burgess would still have a shout in starting. And even if he doesn't, we know he's a solid backup. Yeah, I fully agree. You know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he, he's more than capable of playing championship football. More than. And, and it, as I said, if not, you know, he's a great backup to bring in if we need him and, and spread across a, a long season. Um, PFC Dan, cheers mate for messaging in. He says, I, I'd love Hawkins to say... But can't see it happening. Jacket doesn't seem to like him anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Ollie. I think he really improved last season and came on a lot. Is he a championship player for me? Not really, no. And and he's certainly not someone that's going to start ahead of the, the current strike force that we've got in Marquis and Harrison. So, you know, and if we go up, are we going to look to possibly even sign another striker? Potentially, yes. I don't think Hawkins is in Kenny's plans. You know, he's not really, albeit he's had a few injuries. The only real appearances he's made have been as a cover for centre-back this season. So, long-term, going ahead, no, I can't I can't see that happening personally, to be honest with you. So, so you'd actually like to probably not re-sign Hawkins for the season? No, not, to be honest, no, not for me. I think, um, it, albeit he's not going to be on a big wage packet, I think it's money that could be probably best spent elsewhere. Yeah, for me. I think I can agree with that. Um, I can see what people might want to round from. Uh, maybe some people think squad players, squad depth, but I think you have the squads you want to go up in the championship with, and then you add players of championship quality, exactly. championship experience, players who have been there. Because you look at the table now and you see how dominant Luton were last season, and now they're now rock bottom of the championship. Exactly. Yeah. So you need players who know the league a little bit, uh, mix them in. Um, add to the best players you've got with the other good players. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Tom Clark messages in, he says, Burgeon Brandon. So he's on the same... Do you know what, actually? Could bring this up, because Brandon Houndstrip, for me, is actually a bit of a funny one, all right? Okay. He's got potential to be a great a big championship player, right? Yep. And for that reason, you can re-sign him. Yeah. I understand that, okay? But at the moment, Kenny Jackett isn't playing him, all right? Yeah. I don't think Kenny Jackett necessarily thinks he's the second starting back left back over Lee Brown, okay? What I'm trying to get at here, Matt, yeah, yeah, is although I think he should be kept in the squad and re-signed, etc., more because of the ceiling he has and the ability he has, yeah. we're talking about players that are best players we have in the squad and we add to them with other players of championship yeah. standard. Yeah. Brandon Halstrup doesn't really fall into that bracket for maybe what the management will see of him. No, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, it sort of goes on the, on the topic that we continued in terms of Seddon. You know, you're going to look to bring in the likes of someone like Seddon because of, of the success we've had with bringing him in. And I think, you know, behind whether it's Seddon or another championship quality left back that you bring in, I just feel like it's going to be a case of 
you know, Brandon is is probably third down the list. I think Lee Brown's going to probably play second fiddle to to a new left back, whether that's Seddon or or this other person that we might potentially bring in. So yeah, I do agree. I think at the moment Brandon's probably definitely third choice at the moment, but I do see the potential there, and I do feel like you know it playing alongside the right people in particular, especially playing along the likes of someone like Seddon as well. I think that's only going to progress him as a player, and so I do feel like you said long term. I think that's worth the investment. Even if it doesn't work out for him, I think it's worth the investment long-term. I think this is where Greg's coming from, so thanks for messaging in, Greg. He says Burgess, Hawkins and Houndstrup. Houndstrup to be loaned out for a full season, depending if we can persuade Seddon to sign. If not, he stays. Yeah, yeah. and and Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. I think, not, again, it, it's not even just necessarily Seddon. I think left back I don't think Lee Brown as much as I love Lee Brown and and he's a great character to have in the squad I don't think he's even a first choice left back for for any sort of championship team so in that sense if you if you can bring in a first choice left back for for that standard of football then you bring Lee Brown in sitting as, as potentially a second choice Sending Brandon out on loan, definitely, number one, that gives him full, you know, sort of exposure to a, a whole season of playing regular first-team football. And I think that will only make him better. I think so. I don't think at the moment, if you're looking to sign a player as a backup, I think you're, for the for the championship or whatever, say you sign Seddon or, or someone of Seddon's mould, should we yeah. say, that sort of player, that sort of calibre, I think you look to maybe re-sign Houndstrup and probably I wouldn't probably not re-sign Lee Brown actually at the moment yeah. just on performances because he hasn't been as good as the other two no. and a full stop really no. but I think it will come down to what the management perceive and you know he's been made vice captain this season I know Kenny Jack has got a lot of time for him and maybe they think you need some more experienced players to go up it and that might be the reason why he gets a contract. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, I think Lee Brown's a great character to have in the team, you know, and he brings a lot of togetherness and, and a lot of jokiness and, you know, in that sense, he, he's great to have around, but do you sign someone just based on, on having that in the no, squad? No, so those are be there, mate. Exactly. <laughs> well, just making jokes like that, it would probably be worth it, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, I think, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Lee Brown hasn't got any form of ability, but I think he's very much a League One ability left back. You know, you've brought in a young, really un, untried as such, championship left back, who's completely outshone. You know, both our current left backs. So I think that sort of says a lot, really, doesn't it? You know, and he, it's Seddon's young. You know, Brown's what twenty eight, twenty nine now, is he? I think so. I'm not sure. You know, sure. and and I'd say Seddon's head and shoulders above Lee Brown. You know, and that's shown at the moment, really, in the sense that Lee Brown's been. He's one of the most know, technically he's... gifted players we've got in the squad for de- most definitely, yeah. um, and I think that does you know highlight how good he is. And obviously, he had a season in League One as well before for Wimbledon, so he knows the league. He's not one of those players who's just dropped down from a higher level, but hasn't really had any game time. Doesn't yeah. understand the league, so it's been a good transition for him. But it's easier to see how he would be, you know, a great Championship player as well. Yeah. Lee Brown plays a very different game, a much more traditional game, and I'm not sure how well that might translate next season. Yeah. All right, let's move on quickly to a lot of people to get to. Nicola messaged in. Thanks, Nicola. She just says, Burgess. Well, straight to the point. 
let's get him locked up, Nicola. I agree. Matt, talking about him getting locked up, do you think we should be trying to lock these players up like we've done with Ronan Curtis before season ends? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think with, with someone like Ronan Curtis, you've got to get that done early. And, and because there's so much interest in him, and understandably, but have we heard a lot of interest in the likes of Burge? Uh, our club standing out and screaming, we want Burge, we're interested in Burge. Not necessarily, no, not for me. So I think we can buy a little bit of time on this. There's no need to. I think I don't think it's fair on Burgess at all to, to take till the end of the season to get this done. He, as I said earlier, he's earned it. But I don't think it's a crisis if we don't get it tied up in the next few weeks. I think, you know, if it has to be towards the end of the season, then so be it. Not a problem for me, really. I don't think... Not a, be losing sleep over it, Matt, then. No, no, I don't think there's a, a huge line of clubs queuing up for him at the moment like there would be if we hadn't re-signed you know, Ronan Curtis on, on the new contract this week. I agree. The fact that with Curtis is obviously going to be, you know, he's scoring goals. It was it 11 goals now for yep. the season in the league. Goals generally attract of clubs from above. And we all know why, because goals win you games. But I think there'll be a lot of clubs looking at someone like Burgess at the moment, you know, being steady at the back for us. Not saying top le- like championship clubs looking at him. But if we don't offer him a deal, I think it could be a sticky situation. But he wants to stay at the club. You know, he does all this work in the community for the club. He's been here a yeah. long time. And I think I think he's almost one of those players for me that should be the priority to getting re-signed. And it shouldn't be too difficult a contract to negotiate no. in comparison with someone maybe like Ronan Curtis, who obviously would probably have, I'm guessing, a higher wage demands. Well, yeah. And I mean, personally, I'm going to blame you if Burgess does get bought by someone else. Because, as you said, it comes down to goals. You keep betting on him, he keeps scoring. So, personally, everybody, feel free to blame Hugh if he does get sold. So, at me, at Puck Drop UK. Okay, so, moving on. Sam Price says, only Christian Burgess and Brandon Hanstrup. Yeah, I mean, this is really what we've sort of come to the conclusion on, haven't we? In, mm. in this conversation, I think, and you know, you look at all the comments and it, it's what, 90%, you know, Houndstrup and, and Burge. And, you know, as I said, I, I can see reasons for both. I mean, right, let's go on. Someone else has got a different point of view to this, Matt. Okay. Andy Neat messages in. He says, Pittman on a pay-as-you-play with a goal bonus. Mush would tear up the league with that in- incentive. I'm really hoping he's got the same sense of humour as you on that one, I'm afraid. Um regardless of, of what sort of experience Pittman's got in the championship and what he might bring to, to the team. Absolutely not. Player coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even not even down that route. Maybe a coach might consider that, but definitely definitely not. Not for me. No, um, not respect for what Pittman's done, but now's the time for you to move on, Brett. Um Andy, if, could you let us know if you're taking the piss or not, please, at PO Forecast. Um, Aaron just says Burgess nice one we'll move on he agrees with that Jack says has to be Burgess players like Clark and Webster made the jump up a division or two and thrived no doubt in my mind he'll be a quality centre back got to agree he's got the ability there Jack Dave messages him and this is a bit of a long one Dave so I'll take a breath so from that lot Houndstrip and Burgess please even if they went on to be squad players oops left Lee Brown out the list not sure if he's contracted past June or not. He isn't. Ollie might be hard to replace. Oh, got Fairchild Hackett too. He's not. He's not on a six-month contract, so he's completely fine. Yep. And I suspect a few young'uns. Pittman exit reluctantly. 
um, yeah, sort of agree. Um, Lee Brown left off the list. Not sure if he needs to be re-signed there, mate. Uh, Matt Ponting says, how come Birch hasn't been offered yet? First choice defender. This is the question that we're asking, Matt. And I've got to say, Kenny Jackett and Mark Catlin, they came out and they said, no contracts will be negotiated to the rest of the season. Well, what happens if your best player goes on an absolutely scoring spree, um, gets the Ireland to come back in, and Ireland actually came out and said yeah. that Ronan's definitely in the consideration for these friendlies, which is what he's been pining for. Against, is it Slovakia? Yeah, it's a playoff. It's a, it's a yeah. Euro 2020 playoff game. Yeah. So what a game to be involved in as an Irish footballer. Yeah. And, you know, I think they must have been thinking, shit, we've got to get this guy a new contract. And, yeah. you know, he wanted to stay. Let's sign him up long term. And, yeah, it's really good to see. So yeah, yeah nice one. Completely agree, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip on to the next topic soon because there's a lot of stuff on here. But a lot of people here are saying what we're saying. They want Houndstrip signed. Yeah. They want Burgess signed. Yeah. They don't need Hawkins, although one or two people do. And Pittman has only got one guy um, who's who wanted him to come in, and I'm not quite sure if he's taking the piss or not. Yeah, I mean. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, obviously. You know, I'd never take that away from anybody, but I just can't see any argument for Pittman at all, really, to be honest with you. You can't? No, not at all. No, neither can I. Right, let's move on. Guys, we are going to be making the long trip up to the beautiful Wirral on Saturday. That's right, everyone. We're going to go to the city of Liverpool. Let's be honest, if you're going up there and travelling up there and staying the night, you're probably not staying in Birkenhead. You're probably staying in Liverpool. So get up there. You can get the train up there. You can get the ferry, like me and you are going to be doing, Matt. That's it. I'm fully up for a a February Saturday afternoon trip across the Wirral on a ferry. I I think that's just perfect. Anyone who's got any flags who wants to jump on the boat and make it into a Pompey boat across the Wirral, it's got to be done. Have you got a flag? No, I haven't actually. Although I do know where to get them from. But I won't pump a sponsor out yet. No. Okay. Um, I don't even know what that is. So, But the thing is, right, we haven't got a flag, but we're all making the trip up there. I was going to say that. So there's quite a lot of us. We're going on a night out. So you've got people to be on the podcast. Me, Andy, Freddie, Rob, I mean, Matt, Crowdy. Yes, yeah, so we're all, we're all going to head up there. It's going to be a massive laugh. I think, if, yeah, if you're out there, you want to have a beer with us, let us know. Um, tweet me, DM me, it's open, or DM the Twitter account. Tranmere, they're a funny old team. Their pitch, first of all, is the first thing that everyone's talking about. It looks absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. But it looks slightly improved, actually, from when I last saw it. So they played tonight against Doncaster. Tuesday, uh, for everyone who doesn't know when I'm recording. Yeah, and they lost 3-0. But they, there was a few pictures put out of the pitch pre-game. And do you know what? It doesn't look anywhere near as bad as it did for the Watford and United game. It looks like they've done some work... The ladies' WSL game on the weekend was postponed. They didn't play on it. I would say a big contribution towards that was probably to give the pitch a bit of a rest and allow for for League One football to take place on it. I didn't see a picture of the pitch after the game tonight. I don't know how much damage was done to it, but it didn't look as bad as I've previously seen, You know, as I said, over the last couple of games that have been televised on TV. No, it didn't look as bad at all. It's one of those ones as well that I think that, yeah, I think that obviously for people who don't know about it, really quickly, the underlay under the pitch is basically absolutely fucked. So it's not just a, a case of redoing the grass on top or a bit of flooding, 
the pitch is absolutely damned. I know Liverpool came in with their pitch specialist, and Matt, you were telling me about this. We'll briefly say that Liverpool have their pitch controlled by some sort of like master classes of um, pitch management in Holland, who actually control um, elements of the pitch all the way over in Holland themselves. So they know their shit basically, and Tranmere have asked them for some help. It's it's stuffed. However, Tranmere actually like to play usually a fairly nice brand of football so I'm sure that's actually hampering their ability to play the ball on the ground as well yeah. this season things to look out for Tranmere have been absolutely awful defending set pieces they are woeful at heading the ball out the only person who's been good at it so far this season for them is someone that we spoke about on the podcast here Matt Manny Monte the big centre-back for them He's probably been one of their players of the season so far. Yeah. He's big, he's strong, he can pass the ball out. And he definitely will give Ellis Harrison or John Marquis a tough time yeah. um, defending. I but mean, he's only one player out of four at the back. Well, yeah, and this is, this is what struck me, really, when, when it, you sort of look at, at their stats across the season and they've been so poor defensively from set pieces. You know, when you've got someone like that at the back, you'd think their success rate would be a little bit better. So the question's got to be asked how poor are the other players around him for their record to be that that bad on on defensive set pieces you know and and another another thing we were looking at is is how awful they are actually keeping the ball so really you know and as as I said to you before you know we we started recording you know ultimately everything everything of their weakness that that's been sort of highlighted is actually you know what we're we're strongest at doing you know the, the the alternative to that. So we we press high, we you know get in behind. We dangerous at set pieces at the moment. You know and really it's not looking great for them on on stat wise. You know it looks like we should really be going up there and tying this up. And you know based on Doncaster going up and getting a three nil result tonight, I'd fully expect us to come away with that. No, completely. They've actually chopped and changed their formation quite a lot as well. So it's not been you know one one size fits all. They tend to play the standard formation that we play, the Kenny Jacket, the four-two-three-one formation, yeah. which is something that I think we can do, you know, fairly well against. Um, a player I like for them is Jennings. He plays in the, in the number ten position, so he's basically their version of Andy Cannon yeah. in such of how the style he plays. He's actually got the most goals for them this season with four in the league. Um, also, sorry, Stephen Payne. He plays up. For, oh, Stephen Payne. Stephen Payne. Stephen yeah. Payne playing up front for them. Also has four goals. Although in the last game they actually played Ferrier up front. So, oh, that Jordan Ferrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Jordan? Is it, is it Marcus Ferrier? Morgan Ferrier, mate. Morgan, is. that's it. Yeah. Morgan Ferrier. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot to like about this team, if I'm honest. Morris has got um, the most assists for them. They're one of these teams, really, that we got to go out there and just beat them. They're very ordinary. Yeah. They've struggled since losing James Norwood from last season to now. Yeah. I mean, that's a big amount of goals gone, isn't it, for, for them, especially over two seasons. He was consistent for them and probably ultimately took them out of the conference, took them out of League Two single-handedly, ultimately, by the, by the based on, you know, their, their so far standards since losing him. Um, you know, so it's a big loss to take out the team and, and we've had that ourselves. You know, we've, we've had, you know, players taken away from us, you know, when they've, you know, spent half a season or a season banging them in, you know, and that's football, but they've just not really recovered from it at all. Interesting as well from that, not just the striker point of view, but when you see who's got the most assists for them, you know, trawling through the stats, Manny Monte's got four. He's second in the team 
for, leading for assists. assists. Yeah. And and the third player, Jennings, has won. Yeah. So that just shows how one-dimensional they are. Um, he'll look to get his head on things, knock things down from set plays, etc., in order to create chances for other players around the ball. Yeah. If Pompey get on the front foot, if Pompey can attack the team and just do what we do best, which is press them, it, it would be beneficial, in my opinion, for us to, to play a little bit further up the pitch than we have been doing away from home, where we've looked a little bit more conservative. Yeah. However, if we do play that way, a little bit more in kin to the Lincoln game, yeah. I think we can do a really easy professional job on Tranmere Rovers. Yeah. Do you expect us to change the way we play? all the formation or the players based on the pitch? I mean, it, it's difficult, isn't it? I think if you were looking at the pitch and saying, can we play our normal standard of football on this? I, th I think you'd probably, at the start of the game, go, maybe not the best idea to try and play, you know, ball on ground and, and that. But I think in, in terms, it can also work to your advantage as well, especially if you play higher up the pitch, you press them in. It's not just us that, that might potentially have the old loose ball that will bobble away. They're gonna they're gonna have errors in them as well, and you know it's it's very much been a thought on my mind most of the week. Is I think it's just important that we take the chances that we we, we get given on Saturday, and I think that will just turn the game really. They you know they don't come back from from goals down. You were stating to me. Yeah, yeah. They actually when they actually do go ahead, they're actually pretty good at protecting it. Yeah, but when they when they go a goal down they, they tend to, to crumble mm -hmm. and, and fall back so it's, it's taking that chance isn't it and then it's, it's the question do you then want to go and finish them off and put three four five if, if, if the option's there to go and do that or do you say look this isn't the best of pitches and, and we'll just keep the ball and, and we'll just play and that's a, that's a dangerous one for me because as you said, we've done that a bit this season. We've dropped off a little bit away from home and, and not sort of gone and killed games off. So, you know, I think, yes, play our normal style of football and see how that goes. It, obviously, if, if we need to change it up, the great thing at the moment is I feel we've got the capability and the players to do that this season. I think we, if we need to go a little bit long, Harrison's there for that option. Raggett. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we we were throwing everyone up front earlier. Hawkins, Burge, anyone over six foot three, and they were in, weren't they? That's but, it. You know, I, I, the dynamic duo up front, mate. Hawkins and Raggett well, with with a uh, Harrison playing behind him. I'm surprised you haven't jumped on throwing Burge up front on the wagon, mate. For your bets, to be honest with you. Uh, Burge doesn't need to play up front. He yeah. plays at centre back and he still scores, mate. <laughs> Good confidence. Here we Love go. That. Love that. But no, I I, I think you know. You seem to sort of feel like it's an opportunity for Harrison to start on Saturday. Yeah, I do. Given, I completely do. And I think based on that comment, you're probably saying it's maybe not best to play our current style of play. No, I do think we can play a bit of that as well. I think you can mix it up. But I think having Harrison up front, I mean, it's not just about that. I think it's also about the fact that we played against Sunderland. Harrison came on. He made a big difference to the team. He, you know, he got in between people. He shook them up. We're playing against some fairly big centre backs. You've got not just Manny Monfi, but we play Sid Nelson next to him, who came from from Millwall. Right. Okay. He's yeah. a bit no nonsense as well. How he plays. So I think Harrison's, you know, the perfect player to play against them. I can't see the ball being thread through for little tap-ins and, you know, sort of six-yard sort of goals for, for the likes of Marquis. I mean, obviously that could happen, but I think the style of game will much more suit Ellis Harrison. Let's go, let's go for it then. Ellis Harrison, Curtis, Cannon. Do you think he's going to go unchanged? Does McGeehan get the start again? 
Yeah, I think you kind of you have to. I don't think there's any reason to change it just based on on the pitch. To be honest with you, the players have earned their spot so far. Why disrupt that? Got there, as you said. You know, get it professionally done, get the job done. It doesn't have to be emphatic, but the capabilities there, the players are there, and and I just don't see any reason to go and change it up just for for the sake of the fact that the pitch isn't up to to a high standard. No, and just to finish before we do some match predictions on this Tramway game, Matt. Please do not let Jack Watmore step foot on that pitch. How we said this, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? You know, it would be absolutely criminal to bring him back in for for that. There's just no need to do it. You know, we we, we keep saying it. it. Just there's no need. The quality's there. I think Raggett's fine. If anything, Raggett's probably a good choice to have a, a, in that game. He's been, you know, pretty solid the last couple of weeks. And and when the, we have to, the, hopefully not often, defend our own set pieces, I think he'd be the sort of player that would be fine to, to be marking, you know, Manny and, and you know, uh, Sid... Nelson. Sid Nelson. Mm. I think he is fine. Just Such a Millwall name, isn't it? Sid Nelson. He's a local very, boy. Very, very South London. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Oh, Sid. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, I just don't don't feel like there's any need to, to endure Jack to, to that at the moment, you know, with a dodgy knee and a, a rubbish, bobbly pitch. No, just just, no need for it. it should be criminal. I literally would probably take the club to court if he did that <laughs> well I think Jack Watmore probably would as well if they put him out on I got you back Jack mate <laughs> yeah, I got it. you back bruv <laughs> right. um, okay cool let's do our score predictions this game before we do the Coventry game and, and do the predictions for that Matt what's your predictions score and goal scorers I'm going to go for a professional 2-0 win for Pompey um, and I think I'm probably going to go with Harrison to, to score the first and because he missed a sitter and, and cost me 50 quid on the weekend, I'm going to go with Raggett for the second to kill the game off. Sean Raggett, the man. And is, it, is that going to be a header or a no, flying toe punt? No, it's going to be a spin volley like he tried against Sunderland from six yards out and managed to put it wide somehow. But this time, it's top corner, mate. Bang. That's it. I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm going to go for a 3-1 performance. Feel like we uh, might concede. I didn't mean to say three one. A three 0 performance. <laughs> yeah. Three 0 I think it's going to be an easy win for us. Donny put three past them. Why can't we? Let's be honest. Sunderland managed to score a goal against them. They looked impotent the other day. Yeah. Three 0 Ronan Curtis, yeah. Ellis Harrison, and Christian Burgess. Christian Burgess. Keep yeah, on yeah. going, mate. Keep rolling. You know All we what? need is a couple of free kicks and Tranmere give away quite a few free kicks. That pitch is scrappy. Who's going to be out there? It's going to be. Curtis, Seddon, they're going to be squabbling for the assist table and they're just going to be launching those straight in. To be honest, I'll, I'll, I'll take a Burge goal again because that just means you can buy me a few more pints once we go up. It's a tight bastard as always. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that, on that one we'll transition in and we'll say Coventry. Now this is a much, much harder game huge away game. at Coventry slash Birmingham. It's a huge game. Yeah, it's a massive game. Uh, fourth versus fifth. Coventry, oh, obviously it might change at the weekend, but Coventry also have played the same amount of games as us, unlike players, teams above us in the league. One player that really stands out for me for Coventry is Jordan Shipley. He plays in that natural number 10 role for Coventry. He's a local lad. He's come through the Coventry Academy. He has, yeah. He's absolutely adored by the fans. Not that that really makes too much difference to why I like him. He's a clever player. He is one of those players that he he finds the killer ball. 
he not does, just that, but he can shoot and score goals. That's exactly what I was going to say. He, he, he's not 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 afraid to unleash a shot from distance, or you know, he, he is an all-round player. He, he's come through the ranks, and you know, he, I remember when they came up from League Two, he was probably the standout player for them throughout that whole season as well. And and he ran the playoffs for him as well. He, I think he got three at Notts County in in a route. So, you know, he, he's by far you know a better better standout player for them, and he's he's going to be one that we need to keep an eye on definitely. No, he is. And what it is though, Matt, as well is this Coventry team. I'll be honest, they are looking really good. Not just the results they're getting. I think they've lost only three times all season. They've drawn a lot of games, which is why they are uh, yep. why they are where they are. If you look at the team here, Matt, you've got a great signing for them. They were missing a striker who really fitted into their system. Yeah. It was a player that, you know, it was talked about, you know, were Pompey going to get him? Yeah. I remember the news reported it. Matt Godden. It seemed quite imminent, didn't it? Yeah. During the summer, actually. And Kenny was even asked about it, you know, I believe at the start, of, you know, during the summer... And, and there seemed a lot of hype around it. I was up for it as well. You know, he was proven at Stevenage. All right, didn't really get much opportunity at Peterborough. But this season, he's shown it again with nine goals. Nine goals. Nine goals. That's right, mate. Yeah, nine goals for God in this season in League One. He's a natural goal scorer. He gets in the box. He, he's got good feet and he's managed to get the ball out of his feet. He can score with his head as well. Yeah. And they've got some. They play a four-three-three formation, as I was saying. So you've got him up front, and then you've got Huwa. Huwa. Yeah. You can never get his name Hiwula. right. Huwa. Yeah. Oh, again, I like Jordi Huwa. He's one of those players. Again, he's tricky on the ball. He's quick. He always seems to score against Pompey. Yeah. Um, I remember actually they subbed him off. I think in the in the game where they the game the we don't want to talk, talk about. about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I thought I remember Andrew Moon saying that he thought it was a bit of an odd decision for them to take off take him off because he's he's so quick and he gets in behind us he tends to play on the left hand side of the, of the attacking three, three yeah. so he's going to be coming up against James Bolton so Bolton will have to carry on his steady defensive uh, performances in order to keep him out because he is, he is a quick attacking winger who can get balls in and score. He likes to drift in and out of the game a little bit. He's sort of a Marcus Harless style player, actually, if, yeah. I, if I'm going to draw a comparison with a, with a winger rather than a, a Ronan Curtis in the sort of, the sort of way he plays. Other players I was going to say to watch, Matt, is they've got, what's his name? Get it right now. Uh, Liam Walsh has been really good for them in the centre of midfield. This three have really pressed. Now, excuse me, the Coventry midfield and the way they press is actually quite similar in some ways to how we're starting to play. They get on the front foot, they start pressing teams, they're quick, they're mobile. Anyone who's seen Coventry play against us at Fratton Park, for instance, if you haven't been away, they're a team that play a very fast-paced style of football, yeah. which is working really well. I wouldn't be surprised to see them up challenging for the promotion spots this season. No, no. I mean, well, well, the top two. Yeah, no. Automatic. It's, it's all there for the taking. You know, um, there was a, a post put out earlier in the week um, about Pompey being one of six teams that are unbeaten in 2020. Well, actually, another one of those six teams is Coventry. They haven't lost so far in 2020. So... You know, and and I don't. Have they lost at home this season? I don't think they have. I think they're unbeaten at home. No, I think they've lost one game at home. Maybe they, maybe they have. Recently, they, they might we're have the only won. team in League One that are currently an unbeaten home record. Right. Okay. So, but regardless of that aside, you know, they're they're solid at home, 
as well. You know, it's it's going to be um, <clears throat> a really crucial game, and it, and it's another game, isn't it? That that really we need to make us not a huge statement, but we need to make we need to get a win and and show that we're capable of beating teams like Coventry. We've done it a lot this season. When when previous seasons we haven't beaten teams around us as much. Yeah, we've done it a lot this season, and you Ipswich, know, Switch, Wickham, Sunderland, but a lot of these are at home. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I do agree with what you're saying. I just feel like, you know, you, you made a point earlier about the fact that they like to, to press and push as like like we do as they well. They pass the board around a lot, short pass and move, quick yeah, wingers. But don't don't take the credibility away from us. I feel like we can counter well. And yeah, I, I think true. maybe, you know, that, that might play into our hands. The only thing I don't like, and it sort of goes back to what we were discussing earlier, is sometimes when we do play away from home, we do sit that little bit deeper. And ultimately this season... By doing that, we've we've had a couple of embarrassing performances at Accrington and MK Dons where we just didn't show up, you know. But I don't feel like at the moment we're at that level. I think we're way beyond that level. And I think we can go up there and I think we can give them a really tough game as well. Seeing the result, it looks like um, Coventry have beaten Birmingham 2-1 uh, to go through into the FA Cup. Yeah, fifth I, round again. Mm, for, for again, them. what? It just shows what good form Coventry are actually on at the moment. The fact that they just turned over a championship team yeah. away from home. Yeah, technically. Well, they're playing the same stadium, but yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> so, Matt, let's go on to this a little bit because Coventry, this is a tough one. Tuesday night, away in Birmingham, what a dump. What do you reckon? I think, I think to be honest with you, I, I would be over the moon with a point away from home. I'm not going to lie, because it is a tough place to go. They've been solid. But I feel also at the moment, the, the way we are, how strong we've been, how stable we've been, I think we can come away with 1-0 win, and that's where I'm going to go with it. 1-0 win, Curtis. Mm, I like that. I'm, I'm actually slightly surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised. I think it's because of what I'm going to say now, and with my prediction... Um, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Okay. Coventry have sometimes found it difficult to to get the win when they, even they deserved it against some top teams. Now, they are a quality team. I think getting a 1-1 a draw at Coventry would be an absolute yeah. result. Yeah, yeah, As yeah. you said, partying it up. Make, at the moment, how we're playing, there's absolutely no reason really why we can't get a 1-0 win. But... I'm going to go with it with a conservative one-all draw, and I think the goal is going to come from Andy Cannon. Let's give him a goal. Let's give him a goal. Take a goal from Andy. Cannon. Let's give him a goal. Yeah. Let's get him on the score sheet and get him scoring for the rest of the season. Because there's a few times I thought, you know, he's, he's got into the right positions, and I think maybe this is his game, Coventry. Go on, the Cannon. By the way, Cannon needs a better song. There's only one Andy Cannon. Yeah, it's does. all right, but his name's Cannon. He's a footballer. I mean, he I've plays back in midfield. Well, yeah. And I, and do you know what? I've seen a lot of creativity with songs about Burge being a vegan today. So I know that everyone's got the capability to come up with something. Yeah, you guys, musicians, songwriters, rappers, whatever. <laughs> at PO Forecast. Tweet us. Let's get a song going. Right, mate. It's been awesome having you on the show again. Again, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, we've both taken a couple... Oh, I've taken a couple of days off work anyway myself to go up there um, and have a big fun time in Liverpool. So if you want to have a pint, let us know. But until next time, play up Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
Follow PO4Cast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!